0: With the we need now.
1: We need to
0: Welcome to Perspectives. My name is Bruce. Today on our podcast, we have the musician who wrote that song you just were listening to. It's called We Didn't Want Your War by Mr. Peter Putnam. So welcome, Peter, to the Perspectives podcast. Where are you in in the U.S.? What state, city?
1: I'm in Dalton, Georgia. That's northwest Georgia, just in the foothills of the Appalachians.
0: Okay. And I read on Facebook, you were born in Georgia. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Cool. i Georgia
1: native.
0: And that's God's country, I hear.
1: It's really pretty North Georgia. I think we, uh, we're uh we partial. As far as Georgians, we have the best part of the state.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's always beautiful driving through Georgia. So tell me a little bit, before we get to the song and a little bit of uh, history there, tell us uh, about yourself. Were you born and raised there? A little bit of your story, your background.
1: Yes, born and raised in Dolores. Um, However, I haven't lived the entirety of my life here. I've lived in Atlanta, and uh, before returning back to my hometown, I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, in East Tennessee for seven years, which is beautiful. Um, And especially heading into fall, it's one of the prettiest places in uh, the eastern part of the country.
0: Is that the connection with Visible? I understand you, did you go to Visible? What's, What's the story there, the music college?
1: Yes, I attended Visible. 20 years now that I mean so um that's how I know Ken I think the world of Ken what a great man great leader so that was the that is the connection so
0: okay and for those story. of you those of you that uh maybe you know we're talking about Ken Ken Stortz and he's uh, one of the founders of Skillet which I'm sure you've heard of uh, out there and he started a music college when he finished with the band and went and got his doctorate and so we're we're friends as well and that's a little bit of our connection together because my daughter went there and so that's uh, some of the little bit of history how Peter and I have connected as well and so a little plug for Visible Music College for those of you out there that want to deepen your creative skills production uh, songwriting they've got all kinds of really great courses Uh, there in Memphis. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that was for Ken. Ken, you owe us lunch. You, You, you started there and then took a break and then came back or how did that work?
1: Well, at that point in my life, I was really trying to, as many people in their early mid twenties, trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. So, uh, always had a passion for music. Um, And that's what led me to visible, obviously incorporating my faith. I thought it would be, um, at that point in my life, I thought it would serve me well to go be trained and increase my skill set and knowledge musically, but also, um, knowing the, you know, knowing the core beliefs of the, of the school at the time, I thought this would just be a, a good place to, to go be trained and, uh, equipped per se, but I was always in between two worlds. I mean, there was music and then there was also, there was athleticism and bodybuilding. That was something I'd already been doing. So um, again, at a stage where I was just really trying to figure things out to this day, it's still these dual worlds of music and bodybuilding. Um, after visible, I went full force into, or full steam into um, bodybuilding that became a career career. Uh, I was very fortunate to have success with that, and it was it was a big part of my life for, I mean it still is as far as taking you know training and taking care of myself, but um that was the focus for for you know pretty much the 2004 to about 2010. That was what I was doing you know full time. We use the word sport. I don't really consider it that, but you know it's one of these. Um, professions where if you're able, unfortunately not many people are to even make a living doing it, you can do it for much longer than the average, uh, pro- as far as professional, like, you know, sports,
0: mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's kind of like, um, you know, golfers can go for many years bodybuilding. If you, if you don't sustain an injury that is, uh, that is detrimental to your ability to train, you can go for a long
0: time. Mm. Are there any other musicians you know that are, come out of the bodybuilding world?
1: Not that I know of. There has been guys that they you know they've they probably were musically inclined or had been trained in instrument at some point in their life, and that's something that they still enjoy, but never have gone to uh, to really pursue it as you know as far as trying to like take their music to a.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: to a place where they're they're actually creating and putting it out and streaming it and mm-hmm. wanting to maybe shift gears and go full force into music
0: and so during during these years uh, music's still a big part of your life obviously it's not something that you just turn on and off
1: it, it's always been a big part of my life and so like you know when i was still competing and i was making you know my livelihood and income was coming from bodybuilding I would still be the, that guy that would like, you know, stop in a guitar center or the local music store. And, you know, I was still, there's something about holding a guitar for me that just like just ignites this, you know, the, the, the possibilities, because I always believe like each, you know, each uh, guitar is like a person. They're all different. They have different personalities. Um, and I'll, I've always believed that every guitar has a song or has songs and it's your job to, to pull the songs out to find them to explore mm-hmm. so um, there's always this creative uh, burst with uh, a new guitarist so I mean it's funny because as you know as uh, as many other musicians we end up requiring a lot of gear and a lot of gear meaning equipment uh, and particularly guitars and sometimes people on the outside wonder like, you know, how many guitars do you need? Like, why do you have so many? And you're like, well, the best way I can explain it is they're like having different colors. So you have a palette with different colors and, you know, each guitar produces a different sound tonally. Um, especially if you're talking about the difference between electric and acoustic and there's different types of electrics, different pickups makes, you know, obviously you're getting into a lot of the the musical geek talk, but, um, It's like having the ability to choose from different paints. So when you're exploring, when you have this creative vision in your mind, it's like a canvas soundscape, and so you have these different colors that the sounds pull from. Mm
0: -hmm. And so,
1: um, tell me about uh,
0: your your particular genre. How would you describe it?
1: It's it's rock and roll. I mean, you know, and that's a very vast and diverse genre. I mean, there's all different type of subgenres in that I mean so I don't you know probably more alternative I would say I'm working on an album right now and like what do I or who do I sound like or what does this sound like and I you know it's interesting Um, I've had I've had someone tell me one song sounds like country uh, uh, another song sound like it's from the 90s like Soundgarden so (laughs) I'm like I'm like I don't hear it I just write what I feel in the moment you know it's 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 of the soul it's it's something where there's an emotional um, music for me like you know like I'm I'm searching for sounds and something that I have to connect to and feel like the instruments speaking to me what I hear whether it's the acoustic and the, you know the the literally the vibrations of it as it's you know up against my body and I'm just listening and exploring you're connected with it it's, it's almost like going on a journey like where where is this going to take me? So I'm always searching for, for the sound that's going to take me somewhere.
0: Interesting. So let's move now to the song and tell us a little bit of the history of this song, We Didn't Want Your War, and how, how that came about.
1: Well, like everyone, when Russia invaded Ukraine here in the West, we're watching the news outlets and we're being flooded initially at the beginning. With you know, 24/7 coverage coming out of the Ukraine. I mean, that was that was you know the headline news for many weeks. You couldn't help but not see images that were startling, and to consider that people were going about their lives one day and then just just literally overnight, their whole world's being you know just completely upheavaled. And people's homes and buildings being leveled and just thinking about like, you know, you're put your, trying to put yourself the best you can here. Like, what would that be like all of a sudden, like the terror of like not knowing if you're going to even like wake up, in the, you know, in the next morning because your home may be shelled and seeing refugees fleeing, you know, trying to get out to, to Poland and Romania. And you're thinking like. What in the world's going on? This is insane. This is happening in 2022.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you don't have family in Ukraine. There's no specific connections to the country.
1: No, I have no family in Ukraine. So there's no connections.
0: Mm -hmm. And tell me about the process. Did you have the music first, the lyrics first? How did it come about?
1: One evening, which is very common. I was on the couch. The television was on, but it was muted. Um, and I had stumbled upon this chord progression that I thought was really, really cool um and it was a listening it was eliciting a, a certain mood, and I just looked over at the television, caught my eye I, and i'm and I'm playing this progression, and I'm seeing all the the images on the news from Ukraine. It just seemed like there was this connection with the imagery I was seeing on the television. And then the, the core progression, the, just the mood that it was a listening. Um, and all of a sudden, words started coming to me. Fear is growing in the streets. Bombs exploding. We can't sleep. You know, And so I think that's – I have to look at – it's funny how you can sing a song. It's now recorded, but I can sometimes forget my own lyrics unless I have the guitar and I'm singing it and it's mm-hmm. automatic. But uh, fear is growing in the streets. Uh, bombs exploding. We can't sleep. But So these, these words began, just were downloaded. And I thought, wait a minute, I need to write these down. So I grabbed a sheet of paper and and a pen and started writing down the initial verse. And I had that initial verse right there. And I thought, this could be really something special. This is really, this is really, this is cool. But I don't want to rush this. It was late at night. And I thought, I'm just going to leave this here and really like consider what is about to happen with this. If I write a song about Ukraine, like what is what does that need to be? What do I need to say? You know, what, what, what am I going to communicate in that song? Um, and in that point I wasn't thinking about a song for, for an audience to hear. It was just like, uh, as a songwriter, I wanted it to be, uh, you, you consider like, you know, I'm considering the audience, like when this song, if this song is written, like right now it's just for me, I'm writing this song, but, like, I want it to have the ability to, like, to make sense, to connect to others. I thought maybe the best way to proceed would be to listen to any time that I hear someone from Ukraine being interviewed on the news, that I should listen to what they are saying because it's their experience. And so I thought maybe I'll just start taking notes of actual words coming from Ukraine's things that they're saying. And that can be, I can begin to like use that as a basis for some lyrics. And so that's exactly what I did. So the, the following day, I began to like listen to the news. I, I didn't just sit down in front of the television, and start taking notes. I wanted it to be just real organic. And like, if I was in the kitchen, I had the notepad, you know, on the counter, the news is on. And so um, I believe it was, it was either the day after it was it was within a very short window right after the state of the union address um one of the ambassadors to the united states from ukraine she was being interviewed and i heard her say we didn't want this war this is putin's war we didn't want this war and you know real dramatic when she said that but what she said just jumped, you know, jumped all over me. I was like, "Wait a minute!" So I wrote that down. You know, you know, we didn't want this war. This is Putin's war. And I'd already had, I already had something else written down from the pre, from that day. Someone saying like, "We're not afraid to fight." You know, these were these were actual words I was hearing coming out of the mouths of Ukrainians. So I'm looking at all these different things that I had been, you know, jotting down, and now here's this here's this phrase like, you know, we didn't want this war. This is Putin's war. So I thought, you know, okay, so Ukraine's been invaded. This has been brought to their homeland. And we use an expression in English, but you brought it to our door. Meaning like, you know, like you brought it to us. Uh, you showed up on our doorstep. We didn't come to you. So like, you know, that, that everything started clicking and I, and, I, and I saw this as more of like, we're, we're speaking out and we're addressing the culprit here. This is Putin. You know, we didn't want your war, but you brought it to our door. And then I'm looking at these these other, you know, words that rent written down, we're not afraid to fight. And then I thought, we'll make it through another night, that hope, that optimism, like we're going to stand, we're we're going to fight for our country, you know. And so, like, there was the course. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, wait a minute, this looks, we didn't want your war, but you brought it to our door. We're not afraid to fight. We'll make it through another night. I was like, okay, let's go grab the guitar. And let's see if we can start putting this into into the song if it fits. And so the moment I started like stumbled upon what would be the chord progression for the chorus without the words, I knew right away. I was like, "This is good. No lyrics, just the chord progression for the chorus." I was like, "This is really good." I got all I got excited. I was like, "That's now. That's that's now." Add the words. Let's see if these words just fit. And you don't know if they are. Like, you want it to be natural. It's almost like they just were meant to be. And so when I then began to sing and add the lyrics, you know, of the course, we didn't want you wore, war, but you brought it to our door. It was like hand in glove. They just fell perfectly into the chord progression for the chorus. And I was like, this is something special. I was like, this is really cool. In that moment, I decided just to really like work, work over the next day or two and finish the song. So I knew that the song, if, it, if anything was going to be done with it, it needed to be done like right away. So I thought, well, who can I send this to to get some feedback from? Ken. I recorded the song on my iPhone, so just an iPhone demo, and I emailed it to Ken. Within a couple hours, Ken emailed me back, and he said, I think I said, hey, I've just written a song It's about Ukraine. Um, I don't know if it's any good. Let me know what you think. It was just like that. So he emails me back and says, I really like it. You know, is it possible we might could do a, do a song the song is for the people of Ukraine it's to is to uh, allow them to know that their plight their struggle is being seen it's being felt uh that their lives matter that those of us in the west although we can't step physically into the crisis we can use our our voices we all have social media we can post uh, post videos hey and here's a song that we could share and that we can you know use this song as a way to show our solidarity and support this was in the works before anyone else had done anything musically with, uh, you know, with a song for Ukraine. So um, Ken said, well, he goes, I really like this idea. And then that's where he brought it because, well, you know, and of course I didn't know because we have a student who is Ukrainian. Her father's actually in Ukraine, has a, has a organization in Ukraine. Would you, be cool with that and i was like ken that would be even better i mean wow yeah i mean someone who's actually their boots on the ground in ukraine i think that would be a really neat thing to do so i I didn't have like any preference at that point this whole thing was just happening so fast the song the song needs to be recorded right so um i don't have the connections you do um how do we go about that? And he said, well, let me make a few phone calls and I'll get back to you. Two days later, Ken, I know this has been long-winded, Bruce. <laughs> Two days later, um, Ken texts me and he says, can you be here a week from today? He goes, can you be in Memphis a week from today? I, I'm thinking, what, a week from today? So I asked him, I said, well, Ken, like, you know, I don't guess the uh, sound engineer or the studio is going to do this pro bono. He said, no. I was like, ah. Oh. So I was like, what's the cost going to be? <laughs> and he tells me, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, I do not have the money. This was not an expense that I had allotted funds for. But I just felt like, you know what? It needs to happen. And if it's meant to be, it will happen. And um, so I, I contacted Ken and said, um, just I said, tell him that, that I will be there, That that, that we are coming. And so at that point Ken canvas started orchestrating the, the other instrument, you know, like the, the percussionist to come in. And, um, uh, March 22nd, we recorded a song one day in the studio, um, which typically doesn't happen. It was a race from the beginning we walked in until the end, but it was, it seemed to be pretty effortless. It was amazing. And, um, we recorded something really special, and I think it's something we're all very proud of. That the whole thing came about truly effortlessly, and it was just a really great experience. That you know, what began on the couch, you know, within two weeks was recorded, and there's a song now that's streaming worldwide for those who are aware of it. And I hope more and more people can become aware of it and give it a listen and share it.
0: Yeah, and we'll put in our podcast description, we'll put uh, Peter's links and encourage you to go and support, especially knowing the backstory. That's really cool that the lyrics themselves coming from uh, Ukrainians and those that were expressing their heart, you're capturing that and, and you get that out of the song too you know, there's a, there's an aggressive kind of defiance (laughs) to the song, if I'm being honest, like that I think even more now is meaningful than the first few months, you know, that there was so much suffering and shock and people are just, you know, not in a place to process. It was just response, you know, get out, get out of harm's way. And, and it just was a lot of the missionaries and folks that were working in charities were just overwhelmed. And, Now that there's been, you know, almost going on six months uh, to take a listen to this song and to realize even six months after, Ukraine didn't ask for this. Ukraine wasn't provoking this whole idea that NATO was encroaching or there's Nazis, you know, all infiltrated Ukraine. This is a, a real powerful confrontational song that's in solidarity with those that really are just wanting peace and wanting to live their lives the way God has intended us to free from oppression and fear. And so I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know right out of the gate, uh, there was links and I saw the song and for many of us, like I said, we were, we were just running, uh, ragged and running in circles. And it really is a, uh, a testimony to artists that do care that they're not just about trying to make a name for themselves or make money or that, that something touched your heart. And in that process, you were able to create something to share. And so on behalf of all of the Ukrainians that are listening, uh, get the song, share it and uh, give Peter a, a shout on social media, also let let him know how much you're thankful as well that he put his time and his money into something, something that he could do uh, when we all feel so powerless. There are creative ways to give our voice.
1: Well, thank you, Bruce. And you know, you failed to mention that your daughter is also a part of this song too.
0: I'm not sure what she's up to these days. Is she? Did she help you well, with the art?
1: She did help me. I conceived the artwork, but I had to communicate it and have someone actually, you know, she was translating to it with her, with her talent. Unbelievably, you know, like what she did was to me, cause that's communicating a message too. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it, there has to be a correlation with that imagery and the song. I wanted it to connect. Like, so here we see this bright, bold Ukrainian flag flying to the backdrop of a plume of smoke from plumes of smoke of an explosion. So that, that contrast is the bright yellow and blue just popping off that background of the plume of smoke from an explosion. The flag is, is, is flying strong and defiant, proud. Uh, There's a trident on the flagpole, just incorporating that national symbol. So, you know, even the art, even the font for, uh, we didn't want you war, it was a Ukrainian Slavic font because uh, I wanted to have the feel of like if someone was holding up a protest poster. That imagery to me was really important to connect with the song.
0: Oh, it's very cool. Well, thanks, Bronwyn. We'll we'll give your link too. <laughs> yes, you she did a great job. And you know, artwork.
1: there's so there's so much about this, Bruce. I mean, I have, I have to mention this: the the uh, the backing vocalist who did the harmony line. Dana is from Belarus. So there's so much about this whole experience and song that's just incredible. You know, that's the thing with music. Sometimes it's the story behind the song that makes it so, so, you know, special.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super. Thank you, Peter, so much for connecting. I hope you have a great day. And uh, we hope to hear more of your music in the coming days and months. We'll